Hi everyone, it's good to see you tonight. I hope you're well. I want to talk tonight about the what's called Buddhist personality types. Um, and it's for me, I, I think it's uh, it's kind of fun in a way, but it's also another tool, another lens um, through which we can see how our habits show up in the world, how our tendencies show up, uh, another way to frame our experience and our reactions to things. And this is not something that was taught uh, by the Buddha in the suttas, but it's um, included in the Vasudhimaga, which is a uh, fifth century commentary in the Theravadan tradition. And uh, it's called the Buddhist personality types, but it's actually more um, uh, temperament instead of type. And so there's this inclination, there's this way that we see the world. And it's um, it reminds me of uh, implicit biases, which are these... Um, memories that we have that we these biases that we have that we're not aware of because they're they're hidden they're they're subconscious but they color how we see the world they they color our moods and the way uh, we address things in our lives and so um, I have found it to be really helpful and let me let me just talk about what they are at first they are they're based on the defilements greed uh, aversion and ignorance or delusion. And uh, that's kind of what what causes us to stay in this place of suffering. When there is this greed or aversion or delusion, we're not clearly seeing things. We're caught up in wanting or not wanting or we're just not even aware of how we're walking through the world. And um, I found it really, really helpful. I thought for years, or when I first came to Buddhist practice, I thought I was the deluded type because everything was just like, oh, I had no clue what was really going on. But when I began to clear away some of the fog and some of the cobwebs, let's say, I began to notice that I was a greedy personality type, that I had a sense of, oh, there's so many things, not that I wanted riches and and, and um, stuff, but there were so many things to do that I wanted to do. I want to participate in that, and I want to participate in that. And, you know, if I have a meeting starting in a half an hour, there's like 400 things I can get done in that time, and then I'm late for my meeting because I'm always trying to do everything and be in multiple places at once, and it's impossible, obviously. And I said to myself, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? And then all of a sudden one day I had this insight. It's like, oh, that's that tendency to be greedy, to want, to want, to want. And when I was able to frame it that way, there's this, oh, this sense of I'm not this way. It's not me. It's this habituated tendencies, this habituated patterns of, of walking through the world, how I tend to view things, how I tend to reach out for things. And of course, we're not all one, you know, we're not uh, monolithic. We're all a combination of, of greedy or aversive or deluded, depending on what it is, what the, what the situation is, what the, what the um, uh, bias is. 
and um, so it's it's helpful to understand understand this teaching. And so let me go through them again. Um, so the greedy type in, in the Vasudhi Maga in the Vasudhi Maga it. it talks about um, the greedy type. And I got this from a piece that Sharon Salzberg um, wrote. I think it was in Lion's Roar years ago. Anyway, um, she's quoting, it's quoting the Vasudhi Maga. Those who are greedy seize on trivial virtues, discount genuine faults, and when departing, they do so with regret as if unwilling to leave. So they, 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 they're glass half full people, so to speak. They seize on trivial virtues, and it's like, oh, that's good. See, that's good. Oh, and then they discount red flags. Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, and when I look at my life as as a greedy type, I I see that over and over and over again. Oh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, ignoring things that I should be running away from. You know, I've talked about this before, walking into a job interview and every fiber in my being going, don't work here. You don't want to work here. This is not the right place for you. And just going, no, nah, it'll be fine. I, I, I know her. She's a nice lady. I'll be fine. And it was horrific. It was awful. Not the, my, It was not the right job for me. So because I was greedy and I wanted it. Um, so to recognize that. And so they, uh, greedy types chase comfort. And they avoid discord, and it's the glass is half full, and a little bit addictive, and they just want one more thing, just one more thing, just just one more thing. And the one piece that it says here, when departing, they do so with regret as if unwilling to leave. And I and I would when I would be someplace that was a lot of fun, wherever it was, I had a good time, whether it was someone's house or uh, camping or visiting somewhere, it's like there would be such, oh, I don't want to leave. Maybe I'll never be here again. There was such sadness. It was like so dramatic. I may, have, may not have said it out loud, but I felt that. And so that's the, the real attachment, real attachment. The aversive type, on the other hand, um, the Vasudhi Maga says, they pick out trivial faults, discount genuine virtues, and when departing, they do so without regret as if anxious to leave. So they're the flip side of the, the greedy. It's like instead of elevating trivial um, uh, uh, qualities, they, they blow up trivial faults and just pick them out and go, see, see, see. And they um, are the glass half empty people. And it's, they see what's wrong. Um, they ignore what's right. They're angry, pessimists, aggressive. It's like everything sucks. It's all bad. It's never, nothing ever good is ever going to come out of this. It's all going to hell in a handbasket kind of thing. Um, just as I said, the, there was a, I saw these quotes somewhere. I don't know where they're from. It's a, the greedy type says, just one more thing. And the aversive type says, I'm not aversive, you're just stupid. And so there's a, a real sense of me. and real, It's a real you know, protection mechanism as well. Um, so then there's the deluded type. Then there's the, the, the person who's just totally unaware, totally unaware. Um, the Vasudhi Maga says, when one of deluded temperament sees any sort of visible, visible object, they copy what others do. 
If they hear others criticizing, they criticize. If they hear others praising, they praise. But actually, they feel equanimity in themselves, the equanimity of unknowing. They're, they're clueless. They're just oblivious. Um, they're copycats because they have no, no distinction for themselves. Do, do I like this? Do I not like this? They can't land on anything. I have a, a flavor of that. It's like, I don't know what's right. And I can see the conditioning in myself that led to that. But it's a, it's a, again, it can be a painful place to be. Um, when it's, you say, is it glass half empty or glass half full? The deluded type says, what glass? You know, um, it's un, they're unclear on how to relate to the world. Um, my husband has a bit of the um, deluded uh, personality type. I one example that comes to mind is we were in this hotel in Lone Pine, California, which is in the Eastern Sierra, and the hotel's a hundred years old, and uh, it we were checking out, and at the registration desk, there's there was this big, huge black and white. I'm outside the Zoom. There's this big, huge black and white photo of the hotel as it was in 1921 when it first opened. And it's really a cool picture because, you know, there's the hotel and there's nothing else. It's just dirt. And I was looking at it while the, the clerk was doing, doing her thing. And then um, as we were walking out, I said to my husband, I said, gosh, wasn't that a neat picture of the hotel? And he's like, what picture? And it's like, so not that he's stupid or anything. It's just that some people, some people are, are focused on different things. And so just to, just to have that awareness um, that, oh, maybe there's this tendency to not see things clearly. And so um, it's really important, um, I think, there is a f to recognize these things. As I said, it's kind of fun, but it's also kind of helpful as a lens to see. It's, uh, there's a tremendous freedom in seeing. There's a tremendous freedom in seeing the tendencies that we have. I mean, just like when you're working with the precepts or working with any other qualities like the paramis, which, you know, are the 10 qualities for... Uh, that they are said to, that need to be developed uh, for awakening. So if you're working with the precepts and you're working with wise speech and, and you have a tendency to lie, it's like, oh, I see that. I see that tendency. So there's an awareness about it. And hopefully you pay it to pay more attention. Or if there's a tendency to, to take what's not offered, oh, I'm a little bit, I've got some light fingers there. Um, I like to take things home with me that aren't actually mine or whatever it is. The awareness of it without the judgment, without saying, oh, you're such a bad person, but saying, oh, wow, this is something that leads towards suffering. It doesn't take me away from suffering. It takes me towards suffering. When I'm caught in greed, that's craving. You know, second noble truth, the cause of suffering is this craving and the, and, the, and the flip side of craving is aversion. I want that. I don't want that. So we get into this manipulative kind of thing. And then the delusion is just a tremendous amount of dust in our eyes. So to have this awareness is incredibly helpful because then we can begin to see 
um, like I said for myself, seeing like I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that and it was so painful and how do I make it happen? How can I be in multiple places at the same time? I can do it, I know I can do it. And then just my head explodes and trying to make impossible things happen. And then I go, oh, greedy. And there's a release there's a release. It's like, oh, I really would like to do it, but obviously I can't. And so there's a shift in how I see and interact with the world. And it's, it's, it's tremendously helpful. There's this, tr there's this freedom in uh, seeing things. You know, I mentioned the paranormies and, and what just pops up for me when I think about this is patience. You know, being impatient, being impatient, being impatient, and seeing that. That's what I love the, the phrase, start where you are oh, ah, there's some impatience here. There's a greediness here. There's, a, there's an aversive, aversive quality that's arising. It's like I'm seeing this, the hackles on my back go up. And it's like, oh, noticing that. What's going on there? So the other thing um, to remember about these is um, not to let it be defeatist. Because some people can get to this place of, Oh, I can't help it. It's kind of an excuse, and uh, I can't help it. It's like, oh, if I can't help it, it's my personality type, I can't help it. It's like, that's my sign, sorry. You know, what sign are you? Um, it's the Buddhist version of that. And um, it's, it's not true. It's with any of these habituated patterns. Once we see them, then there's the transformation that can happen because we recognize these tendencies and we recognize tendencies in each in others so that um, we don't take things so personally. You know, if, if I know someone, and not that I'm standing there going greedy, aversive, aversive, greedy, but I start to know people and you start to see how they tend to react they tend to have an aversive personality that's like negative, 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 then if they're reacting to me in that way, I don't have to take it personally. I don't have to, you know, ingest it and feel bad. Oh, what can I do to fix it? Oh, they're mad at me kind of thing. And the same thing if people want what I have or just kind of clueless. I don't have to take things personally. So much freedom when I can see it in myself and when I can see it in others. There's such a transformation. There's such a, a path away from suffering, a path to liberation. So we have these three types, but as in so many teachings in Buddhism, it just doesn't end with, oh, this is pretty crappy. It's like, here is the unwholesome side and then there is the wholesome side. And the Vasudhi Maga actually talks about the six temperaments, the six types. Um, we often only talk about the three, but there are six, and it's the converse of each of those. So for the greedy tendency or temperament, um, in the purified form, this this, this tendency to wanting only pleasant gets transformed into a willingness to be present to everything, to not hold back, just to, to be, be present with gusto. Um, there's a sense of optimism, a sense of gratitude that comes from that as well. Um, then with the aversive in the wholesome form, it becomes a sense of discerning wisdom. 
to not take things at face value, but to investigate a little further, um, to really pay attention and uh, look more deeply at things and be willing to honestly recognize, um, Sharon Salzberg says that, recognize what's pleasant, what's unpleasant, unpleasant. So there's a sense of clarity that comes with um, the aversive type. You're like, oh, you can cut through the, 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 the BS, so to speak. And then the uh, diluted type uh, becomes a real true equanimity, this ability to be fully with whatever arises, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, challenging, painful. Those eight worldly winds don't knock over someone who's really uh, has a sense of equanimity. And just as with the, pers- the, the unwholesome um, side of this teaching, the, we have a mix of the um, wholesome side of it as well. I like to say I'm, a, I'm an unrepentant or, or I don't know if unrepentant is the word, but I'm just uh, an eternal optimist. I'm always seeing that. So that goes really well with the, with the, um, the equanimous side. Uh, I mean, excuse me, with the, with the greedy side. And then I also have a, a, a sense of equanimity that goes with my diluted piece. And then, um, the, uh, the aversive clarity is kind of my third one that maybe I have to work on a little bit more um, or look at and see if it's a thing. So that's, that's, that's um, I think, really helpful to look at. And so what I want to do now, you can, um, if you like, I want to offer a quiz. Um, there's a, a there's an article from Tricycle Magazine from many years ago. I'm not actually sure when this was written, but it was written by Amita Schmidt. Um, and uh, this article in Tricycle, and it includes a quiz um, on how to determine whether you are uh, greedy, aversive, or uh, deluded. And so if you have um, a pencil or a piece of paper and want to play along uh, on the home game, it would be great. And so let me, let me uh, do this. So there's going to be three answers. I'll ask a question, and then there'll be three possible answers, A, B, or C. And so just mark down the letter. When you go to the beach, what is the first thing you say? A, the water looks perfect. B, look at all the seaweed. There's no way I'm going in the water. Or C, I can't believe I forgot my towel again. In the morning, A, you like getting up early because it's a great time to get things done. B, you get up grumbling with reluctance, another day already and a sense of obligation. C, you have a PhD in sleeping late. And when you do get up, you must contend with brain fog for several hours. Four, or next. After watching a movie with your partner, you're most likely to comment, A, I love seeing movies by that director. Let's get another one when we return this. You can see how old this is, who returns their movies anymore. B, I can't believe how badly they butchered the story from the book. From now on, it's only foreign films for me. 
Or C, why were they shooting at that guy? I have a cat who's trying to knock over the laptop. Stop it. Um, next, let's see. In school, you were e usually A, chatting with your friends, B, correcting the teacher, C, doodling or daydreaming. Next, at dinner time, you think, wow, this looks great. I'll have one of everything. Buffets are painful. B, uh, is it dairy-free, wheat-free, soy-free, and organic? Or C, dinner already? Nice. When you're being honest with yourself, you'll admit that A, you're grandiose, B, obsessive-compulsive, or C, clueless. When things aren't going your way, your first thought is, no worries, it will improve soon. B, it's someone else's fault and I should help them see the error of their ways. Or C, hmm, I wonder if I did something wrong. So, if you have mostly A answers, you're greedy. If you have mostly B, you're aversive. And if you have mostly C, you're deluded. And again, probably most of you have a mix of some or the other. But it's, it's and again, it's it's a fun thing. None of this is written in stone. Um, it's fun. And I, there was one when I first heard this teaching. The the test was if you walk into somebody's house and visit them for the first time, and you go, "Wow, I love the furniture. I love the paintings. I'd love to have my house decorated like this." You're the greedy type. If you walk in there and go, wow, I can't believe the crap they have on their walls. They like this stuff. Aversive. And the third one is what? They had pictures on the wall? Something like that. So that article, this article in Tricycle goes on to talk about spiritual tasks that we have when we know our types. And she says, um, the spiritual task of the greedy type is to transform the desire for sense objects into a desire to know the Dharma, uh, balance their optimism with an awareness of suffering, and practices that can help our contemplation of the, the uh, five remembrances, sickness, old age, death, impermanence, 32 parts of the body, generosity, renunciation, Practicing generosity, antidote to craving and clinging. Renunciation, antidote to craving and clinging. Um, and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, not running. So those are some antidotes. The spiritual task of the aversive type. Transform the critical mind through wisdom and insight. So you need to learn to relax, to question your beliefs about being right. That's where that aversion is, is, is grounded in. It's like, I'm right, you're wrong. Back off. Um, notice joy in addition to suffering. So the practices are the, the Brahma Viharas, loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity. Really important. Faith, patience, some of the uh, other, other, other qualities that are really helpful. And... Um, Put yourself in pleasant circumstances to um, soften the heart. And then for the deluded type is to transform spaciousness into equanimity. Um, 
learn how to reel in the mind. It's the, the, the thoughts are so seductive. It's so easy to become distracted. So really bringing effort, you know, the right effort, wise effort, know when you're distracted, bring yourself back, know how to stay there, know to how to, to, to maintain that, that balance, that collectedness of mind, so important. So um, practices, noting, mindfulness of, the, of doubt, body awareness, somatic experiencing, grounding yourself again, grounding here. Um, yeah, really helpful to, to get out of the mind and into the body because um, when we're up here, we're missing a whole, a whole majority of our, our being and missing out on all that wisdom and that foundation. So really, really, really important. So um, I invite you to reflect on this, reflect on what your type might be. Um, as I said, there's a, there's a liberation in recognizing these tendencies. Um, and there's also a part of right view in this, seeing clearly, you know, um, and, and letting go of judgment about your own experience, about your own temperament, about the temperament of others. Just go, wow, we, we all have tendencies. We all have habituated patterns. We all have ways we move through the world and to recognize those. Of course, um, I always have the caveat that if people are causing harm, that's not okay. We don't just say, oh, okay, they're causing harm. Or if you're causing harm, that is uh, not not um you don't just take that we have to work towards ending suffering we have to work towards ending harm and injustice and um all those things and um but this is a really playful way to um view um yeah how we walk through the world so i wish you some um some fun with this i hope it has been of some benefit i hope it um offers you another perspective on how to move away from suffering and towards liberation so thank you again for being here it's always a delight to sit with you and i hope this has uh may this be of some benefit Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.